You're listening to the teaching ministry of Pastor Paul Bhutan on the Calvary Brighton Podcast. So now, as, as we introduce ourselves to the book of Galatians, let me say that, that the book of Galatians was written to, to anyone who, who might think that, that if you do enough good works or, or if you perform the right religious rituals, then you'll get into heaven. You know, to anyone who, who might think that there's a, a point system, that, you know, you get points for all the good works that you do, and if you get enough points, you get to go to heaven. And so in, in many ways, the main takeaway of the book of Galatians is that you are saved by grace alone. Uh, you know, I, I, I know I've told you this story before, and I know I've told it to you because I only have three stories, and I have to kind of rotate them. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I've told you the story of this guy who, who dies and goes to heaven, and, and, of course, when he gets there, St. Peter's standing at the pearly gates to greet him. This is a true story, by the way. And so, you know, Peter says, hey, listen, the way this works is that for you to get into heaven, for me to let you in, you have to have a thousand points. And so I'm going to ask you to tell me all the good works that you did when you were alive on the earth, and I'll give you points for those, and we'll see if we can get a thousand points. And so, so the guy says, okay, well, uh, to start with, I, I was married to the same wonderful woman for 50 years, and, and, and I was always faithful to her. I never cheated on her, not even in my heart. And Peter says, wow, that is wonderful. In fact, you know what? I'll give you three points for that. The guy's like, Three points? That's it? And then so the guy's like, well, okay, well, you know what? I, I also attended church every single Sunday, and I, I, I gave 10% of my income faithfully every paycheck. And Peter says, well, that's wonderful. I'll give you one point. And he's like, one point? So the guy goes on. He says, okay, well, you know what? Every Saturday I also volunteered at the homeless shelter, and I, I fed the poor and took care of the needy, and I did this every single Saturday. And Peter says, oh, that is wonderful. That's worth one more point. The guy's like, one more point? Jeez, at this rate? I mean, I won't get into heaven except for the grace of God. And Peter's like, that's right. In fact, you know what? That's worth a thousand points. Welcome to heaven. Yeah, it's an oldie but a goodie. You see, but it illustrates the point. And the point is, there is no point system to get into heaven. Uh, the, the point is, is that, is that the, the, the main takeaway of Galatians is that you are saved by grace alone. And so now with that, let's go back and look at the first three verses and what we might call the greeting. Remember, we call this the book of Galatians, but originally it was a letter from the Apostle Paul to the Galatians. And so now in this letter, it starts like most other letters, there's a greeting, but we're going to see that, that there's more to this greeting than meets the eye. And so in verse 1, he says, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So now this is the greeting. And by the way, you know how nowadays you might go to Walmart and you know you go to Walmart, you're at the checkout stand and maybe the clerk there says, you know, how are you? No, listen, hope I don't have to explain this, but you know, when they say, how are you? She's not asking you to tell her that your Aunt Sally now has COVID and, and the dog needs surgery. She's not really asking, how are you? She's saying, hi. She's saying, hello, right? Well, now in the same way, there's more to this greeting in Galatians than meets the eye. In fact, right away, we get this sense that, that there's some kind of conflict, there's, there's some issue, there's, there's some kind of problem. Now, on the surface, you know, you read this, and, 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 and the, the book of Galatians seems to open with, with, with the Apostle Paul's typical greeting. You know, he, he, he typically starts off his letters by identifying himself and then telling you who he's writing to, in this case, the Galatians, and then he usually says something like, grace to you and peace to you. 
And then normally, Paul would then go on to, to give some sort of word of praise or, or maybe uh, you know, tell them how he's been praying for them. But in this case with the Galatians, he skips all the formalities and, and he just gets right to the point. There's no small talk. There's, there's no beating around the bush. He doesn't pull any punches. He just gets right to it. In fact, we get a hint of that when you skip ahead to verse 6. You know, briefly, for just a second, skip ahead, look at verse 6. But Paul says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. And so right away, we, we get this vibe, like this angry vibe, right? No, listen, you know, nowadays we, we've got like all these emojis, right? We've got emojis for everything. You know, if we really like something, we've got the thumbs up emoji, you know. But if, if you really, really like something, in fact, more than like it, you love it, we've got the heart emoji, right? You know, but, but then again, I think the, the emoji for the book of Galatians would be the Facebook angry face emoji, you know. You know, there's just this angry vibe. Well, now, to understand the angry vibe that Paul has in this letter, let me give you the context. Now, first of all, I need to point out that Galatia was not a city, but rather it was a region. You know, we, we might talk about like the Rocky Mountain region or maybe like the, the Front Range. Well, uh, Galatia was, was a region of, of different Greek cities. Greek cities that included the Greek city of Poseidon, Antioch, and also the, the city of Iconium and the city of Lystra and the city of Derbe. Now, if you remember in the book of Acts, specifically Acts chapters 13 and 14, the apostle Paul went to the region of Galatia. He went to all those cities that I just mentioned and he preached the gospel and he planted churches. And, and yet the problem was that wherever Paul went, there was this group from Judea uh, that they're often called the Judaizers who would kind of follow at Paul's hills. He, he heals, <coughs> pardon me, I've got a lozenge in my throat. Well, it was in my cheek, now it was in my throat. And that was part of the problem. And so they, they followed his heels and, 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 and they're like, you know, hey, listen, you know, Paul's right. The, the way to get saved is to believe in Jesus. You know, the way you get saved is, is, is to believe and, and, and by, by grace. But, but, but to really be saved, you have to first become a Jew, they would say. You have to convert to Judaism. They're saying, hey, you know what? The way to get saved is, is, is grace, but it's not grace alone. Rather, it's grace plus. It's grace plus circumcision or, or grace plus keeping the, the Jewish law or, or grace plus keeping the, the kosher diet, dietary restrictions. It's grace plus this and, and grace plus that. Now listen, grace alone is the gospel, but grace plus is, is a false gospel. Grace plus is a false gospel. Listen, anytime there's a group that comes along and says, hey, it's grace plus this or grace plus that, you know, grace plus circumcision, for example, or even grace plus baptism, for example, or grace plus this or grace plus that, any group that says grace plus is preaching a false gospel. So now, not only was this group, the, the Judaizers, preaching a false gospel, but then they were also questioning uh, Paul's credentials and, and, and undermining his authority. They'd come along and they'd say, hey, you know what? Paul calls himself an apostle, but he's not a real apostle. He's not one of the 12 apostles in Jerusalem. And we know, they would say, because we came from Jerusalem. We came from Judea. We came from headquarters. We personally know the real apostles, and Paul's not one of them. And that's why Paul starts this letter in verse 1 the way that he starts this letter. When he says, Paul, an apostle. Now again, on the surface, this seems like one of Paul's normal, usual greetings. You know, uh, but, there, but again, this was more than a greeting. In fact, there's more to this greeting than meets the eye. 
uh, you know, typically when you look at Paul's letters, uh, he would often identify himself as Paul, a bondservant of Christ, or, or Paul, a, a prisoner of Christ. But in this case, he calls himself Paul, an apostle. Almost as if to say that, you know what, whether they like it or not, I'm really an apostle. Whether you like it or not, I'm really an apostle. And then he goes on and he adds this. After he says, Paul, an apostle, he says, not from men nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father. Now, from this point on, a little bit later in chapter 1, the Apostle Paul shares his personal testimony, his personal story of how he encountered Jesus on that road, and, and how ultimately Jesus told Paul that the call on his life was to be an apostle. And so, in effect, Paul's saying, you know what, uh, I, I, I'm not some kind of self-appointed apostle. In fact, for that matter, I'm not an apostle because the real apostles, the 12 apostles in Jerusalem, you know, Peter, James, and John, and the rest of the gang, I'm not an apostle because they say I'm an apostle. He says, you know what, I'm an apostle because Jesus says I'm an apostle, because Jesus called me to be an apostle. And so right away, even from the very first verse, we see that Paul was defending himself. By the way, let me give you the outline of the book of Galatians. It's really easy. There's like three major divisions. And it's easy because it's, it's every two chapters. So chapters one and two, uh, uh, Paul gets personal. Paul gets personal. He shares his personal story of how, of how the grace of, of, of Jesus, how the gospel changed his life personally. So number one, he gets personal. And then number two is chapters three and four where Paul gets doctrinal. He gets doctrinal. Now, it's been well said that, that, that if you add up all of the Apostle Paul's education, he would have more than a double doctorate degree in theology. And so here's Paul, basically the doctor of theology. And in chapters 3 and 4, he argues that grace alone is the only means of salvation. And then in chapters 5 and 6, he then gets practical. First he got personal, then he got doctrinal, and then in chapters 5 and 6, he gets practical, and he shows that, that, that grace changes your lifestyle at, at a practical level. In other words, if you really believe in Jesus, if you've received Jesus in your life, and, and, if, and, if, and if his grace has come into your life, it is going to change you in practical ways. It's going, to change the, it's going to change your marriage. It's going to change your parenting skills. It's going to change the way you behave in the workplace. It's going to change you in a practical way. And so he gets personal, he gets doctrinal, and he gets practical. Now with that, as we go back to verse 3, in fact, verses 3 through 5, I now want to give you the key word of the book of Galatians and also the theme of the book of Galatians. And so with that, Galatians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to, to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now again, this would look like a greeting. This would look like Paul's greeting. But as I said, there's more to this greeting than meets the eye. In fact, that word grace, when, when Paul says grace to you, that word grace is actually the key word in the book of, uh, of Galatians. It's the key word because this word, in, in, in six short chapters, this word is repeated seven different times. Seven different times, making it the key word. And so right away, uh, Paul is letting him know that, that he has a bone to pick with the people in Galatia, and it has to do with this word grace. So grace is the key word, but, but the theme of the book is freedom. In fact, that word freedom is repeated at least 10 different times in this book. 
And, and, and so it, 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 the key word is grace, but, but the theme is freedom. One Bible commentator put it this way. He said, uh, the, one Bible commentator calls, calls Galatians Paul's freedom letter. His letter of freedom, but, but it's the freedom that comes to the life of a Christian as a result of God's grace that has set us free from legalism. Now listen, God's grace sets us free from sin, but his grace also sets us free from legalism so we can live a spirit-filled life of joy in the Lord. Now he said the word grace was the key word. That word grace in the original language is the Greek word charis. It, it, it literally means gift. Now, it's used elsewhere in the Bible to, to speak of, of, of the gifts of the Spirit, spiritual gifts. But the word itself just means a, a gift that is unmerited. You know, a, a gift that, that cannot be earned. Uh, there, there's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to deserve it, to be worthy of it. In other words, you're not given this gift because you're so wonderful. Rather, you're given this gift because he's so wonderful. And now the gift in question in, in Galatians is the gift of your salvation. It's a free gift. And so that's why we said there's no point system. There's nothing you can do to, 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 to earn it. There's nothing you can do to inherit eternal life. It, it, it's a gift. It's a free gift. We get into heaven by grace alone. Or as Mark Twain once put it, he said, heaven goes by favor. If it went by merit, you would be out and your dog would be in. <laughs> Think about it. Some people, you know, their dogs are better people than their people. And so when the Apostle Paul came to this region called Galatia, he came to these cities that I mentioned before, he was preaching the gospel of grace alone. He was preaching that, that salvation is a, a free gift, that all you need to do is just accept it. Just believe, just accept it. It's a free gift. But the problem, again, was that after Paul left, then this group of Judaizers came along. And, and by the way, the Judaizers were sort of this weird hybrid group that, 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 on, that on the surface seemed to believe in Jesus. In fact, they, they, they said that they believed that Jesus was, a, was the savior of the Jewish people. They, they, they believed that, that, that the only thing the Jewish people needed to do was, was, uh, in order to go to heaven was just receive and believe Jesus Christ and, and, and just accept the free gift of salvation. And so in short, they believed that, that they were saved by grace alone, but the problem was that they were not willing to see that same grace be given to the Gentiles. Now, we're Gentile. It's just a term that means anybody who's not Jewish, non-Jewish people. And so why is it? Why, why didn't they want to see them receive grace? Well, because, frankly, from, from the Jewish mindset in the first century, the Gentile was, was the worst of the worst. They were the lowest of the low. I've quoted before that passage out of the Jewish Mishnah that says that, that Gentiles were created by God to be nothing more than kindling for the flames of hell. And so, quite frankly, uh, th these were the last people on earth they wanted to see receive grace, these were the last people they wanted to see go to heaven. And so basically, they had two gospels. They had, they had a gospel for the Jewish people, which was grace alone. But then they had a different gospel for the Gentiles, for the non-Jewish people. And they were telling the Gentiles that in order to, to, to get saved, in order to go to heaven, you, number one, had to accept the Jewish Messiah as your Savior. But then number two, you had to become a Jew. You had to convert to Judaism. And so it was grace plus. 
You, you, you had to believe in Jesus plus get circumcised. Believe in Jesus plus keep uh, all the Jewish rituals and, 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 the, and the feasts and the customs and, 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 and the Sabbaths and all these different things. It was grace plus. And that's the reason that, that the book of Galatians, it, it, the theme of the book is freedom. That the grace of God has set you free from that kind of legalism. Now with that, now as we pick it up in verses 6 through 8, and I alluded to it earlier, but we now see that Paul has a bone to pick with them. And so in verse 6, he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven named Moroni... Wait, no, I just read that into that. Uh, Moroni, if you're not aware, it's spelled moron with an I at the end. Um, and and we, we find that listed in the Book of Mormon. Uh, anyway, uh, so ev- even if you are a mor- moron, I mean, even the angel of mor- Moroni, well, I'll just read the text. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one that we preach to you, let him be accursed. And so now it's as if the gloves come off. I mean, now Paul just takes the gloves off and he's going at them. And, and, and as, as you read this passage, I mean, there's like a definite Gordon Ramsay vibe, right? Remember Gordon Ramsay? You know, uh, Hell's Kitchen, the chef from Hell's Kitchen. So he'd be like, like, like the chef from hell. Anyway, so, you know, but, you know just this, this, this Gordon Ramsay tone, it's as if Paul is like, you know what, what are you? And they're all like, you know, uh, an idiot sandwich. And so, and so you have to understand that, that Paul's relationship with the people from Galatia, from this region, was always contentious from the start, from the very beginning. You know, I mentioned Acts chapters 13 and 14 to you, where the apostle Paul went in and, and he preached the gospel in all that region. So first he goes to the, to the Galatian town of, of Pisidian Antioch, and he preaches the gospel there. And many people accept Jesus, and they become Christians. But the problem was that then the Judaizers show up, they stir up a riot, and they run Paul out of town. So then he goes to the next Greek town called Iconium. And the same thing happens there. And then he goes to Lystra. And, and he preaches the gospel there. And, and again, the Judaizers show up and they, and they stir up a riot. But this time things get escalated to the point where people pick up rocks weighing somewhere between 10 pounds to as much as 50 pounds. And they start throwing them at Paul. And, and, and to the point that they think that he's dead. They think that they've stoned him to death. They drag him out of the city. They leave him for dead. But it turns out he's not dead. He was just mostly dead. Remember Princess Bride? He's just mostly dead. And so, they, and so he, he, he gets up. And, 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 and what does he do when he gets up? He marches right back into the same city in front of the same people who tried to kill him. And he's like, now, where was I before I was so rudely interrupted? And he starts preaching the gospel again. So now, years later, he writes this same group of contentious people, and, and, and he's making it very clear that, that he not only is taking issue with the Judaizers, but he's also taking issue with the Galatians. He wasn't just taking issue with the Judaizers who were deceiving them, he was taking issue with the Galatians who were being deceived. And that's why it says in verse 6, I'm astonished that you, the Galatians, are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. Now that's how that reads in the English standard version of the Bible. Let me read that for you out of a paraphrase of the Bible. It's a paraphrase called the message uh, translation. Now, by the way, I'm not a big fan of the message uh, you know, because it gets pretty loose and they kind of think they kind of just you know, take a lot of liberties. Uh, you know, I mean, sometimes you read in the message translation, you're like, you know, I had no idea the recipe for Rice Krispies uh, treats were right here in the Bible. <laughs> just a little, little loosey-goosey. 
But in this particular case, I think, I think they kind of capture the moment. And so in the message version, it says, I can't believe your fickleness. How easily you've turned traitor to him who called you by the grace of Christ. And so in effect, Paul's saying, you know what? He's, he's saying, you know, I, yeah, I'm ticked off at the Judaizers for deceiving you, but I'm just as ticked off at you for letting them deceive you. Yeah, they, they, they duped you, they tricked you, they deceived you, they lied to you, but you bought it hook, line, and sinker. I mean, you know, you could have shown some discernment. You could have been like a fact checker. I mean, don't you have Facebook? You know, I mean, you, know, you could have gone to the Bible and, and, and tested what they were saying to see if it was true. And so I saying, yeah, they deceived you, and that ticks me off. But what ticks me off even more is the lack of discernment that you show. You let them deceive you. And so that was Paul's bone to pick. Now, verse 9, our last verse of the morning. Now Paul compares uh, the gospel, and I should say the true gospel, versus the, what he calls the contrary gospel. And so again, verse 9. <clears throat> Just trying to find verse 9. There it is. As we have said before, and so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one that you've received, let him be accursed. Now listen, the, the Judaizers' big problem with the Apostle Paul was that he was not requiring the Galatians, who, who were Gentiles, who were not Jewish, he was not requiring the Galatians to first become Jewish before they became Christians. And so uh, they were offended that, that Paul was preaching Christ alone. And so the Judaizers basically took the, the simple message of the gospel, the, 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 the gospel of grace, and then they added to it. But listen to this. When you add anything to the gospel, it's no longer the gospel. Let me say that again. When you add anything to the gospel, it is no longer the gospel. I mean, think about it. We, we, we've got our own Judaizers in our day, right? And we have these little rogue groups uh, that, that come along every, every now and, and again. And, and, they, and they say things like, well, you know what? In order to be saved, yeah, you've got to believe in Jesus. It's grace. Plus, you've got to be baptized in our church. Or you know what? You've got to believe in Jesus. It's grace plus, but you've got to go door to door. Or you've got to believe in Jesus, but it's, it's grace plus. You, you've, got to, you've got to keep all these different sacraments. You, you've got to get married in our church. You've got, to, you've got to baptize your babies in our church. You've got to come to our church and, and make confession. You've got, to, you've got to keep this ritual and that thing and this thing. And listen, when it came to those who, who added to the gospel, when it came to those who were preaching grace plus, the apostle Paul didn't mince any words, right? I mean, he wasn't like, you know, well, you know, they, they claim to believe in Jesus, so, you know, their, their hearts must be right. Or, you know, they, yeah, I know their doctrine's a little off, but, but, but you know, their heart's in the right place. You know, they, they, they use the name Jesus. No, none of that. In fact, what does Paul say? In fact, he says it two different times. At the end of verse 8 and the end of verse 9, he says, let them be accursed. Strong language. In fact, the word accursed in the original is the Greek word anathema. And if you think it, it sounds strong in the English, wait do you hear what it means in the Greek. In the Greek, this word anathema means something that was devoted to destruction. Something that's devoted to going to hell. Something that's devoted to going to hell. And so what Paul's saying is that, you know what, these false teachers who are preaching a false doctrine, they are preaching the doctrine of hell, and that's where they're going. They're going to burn in hell for the false gospel that they're preaching. Now again, if that offends anybody, please send an email, not to me, but to the Apostle Paul. Try to find out what his email is in heaven. In fact, here it is. His email is the Apostle Paul uh, at idontcare.com. 
know, we, we wonder, you know, how in the world did the, the, did the Galatians get caught up in this? How did they fall for this? Well, you see, when you think about it, the, the Judaizers really appeal to our sense of accomplishment, right? The, the sense that we've got to do something. We've got to make a contribution. We've got to contribute to it. You know, this idea that, you know, God does his part, but we've got to do our part. And so, yeah, God does his part, but, you know, we've got to add to it. We've got to, we've got to be holy. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. And, and listen, by the way, that is absolutely true. God does his part, and I do my part. My part is the sinning, and his part is the saving. <laughs> Listen, the Bible teaches over and over and over again that, that, that you're saved by grace and not by works, that it's, it's a free gift. For example, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works. And then on top of that, there's Romans chapter 4, verse 5, that says, But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. And then on top of that, there's Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, where it says, But when the kindness and love of, 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 of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. And so over and over and over again, we see that, that, that listen, we don't need to, to, to make a, a bunch of sacrifices to go to heaven. We don't need to, to, you know, to, to burn incense or to keep this ritual or to keep that ritual. All we need to do is believe in Jesus. But, you know, a lot of us, we fool ourselves. A lot of us, you know, we, we, we like to think, well, you know, as long as my good deeds outnumber my bad deeds, I will, I will be able to enter into heaven. But again, that's not true. There is no point system. In fact, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I looked up in, in the original language when it says all have sinned, I looked it up, it says you and me. We've all sinned. We, we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now that word sin, we don't like to talk about it, but, but it's a biblical word and we need to. The, the Greek word harmashia is the word translated sin. And it's a word really that just means, it means to miss the mark. Actually, it means to miss the mark of perfection. Now, I've shared this before, but originally, it was a term used in the sport of archery. So here's how it works. You know, they, you know, so I've got my bow and arrow, and you've got your bow and arrow, and we're going to have this contest. So they put up this target. Now, it's not a target with like a bullseye with like a center and then all these different things. No, all they did was they, 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 they put a little mark, I mean like a really tiny mark on a tree. And then we'd be at a great distance away, and then each of us only had one shot. That's it. We didn't have several shots, several opportunities, just one single shot to hit that mark. So I go first, and you know, I pull back my, my string, I pull back the bow, I let it go, and that thing goes flying. And you know what? I not only miss the mark, I miss the tree. In fact, I miss the whole forest. And then you come up, and you pull your bow back, and, and you let it go, and you come like really close. I mean, you only miss it by like a centimeter. So you win, right? Wrong. Because according to the rules of the game in that day, you had to 100% hit the mark perfectly. It didn't matter if you missed it by a mile like I did or if you missed it by a centimeter like you did. You both lose. I might have been the first loser, but you're still a loser. You have to hit the mark perfectly. Now, spiritually speaking, the mark that we're aiming at is the mark of God's absolute perfection. And not one of us on the earth have ever hit that mark. No matter how good we are, we're not perfect like God is perfect. 
None of us have hit that mark. You know, you know sometimes you, know, you might be talking to somebody, and I've said this before, but they'll be like, you know, I'm, I know I'm not perfect or anything, you know, but hey, I don't really com- you know, sin that often. And when I do, it's not like really big sins. I mean, I mean I've never like, like killed somebody. Now, I've shared this before, but you know, it's estimated that from the time that you're 10 years old to the time that you're 80 years old, if, if all you did was commit three small sins a day, Nothing egregious, not like murder or anything, just three small sins, like, like a little white lie to get out of something. Or, you know, you, you stole change from your mom's purse when you were a kid. You, you ran a red light, you know, you, or maybe you had a little road rage on the way to work. Maybe a little road rage on the way to church, I don't know. But, you know, just three small sins a day. Listen, by the time you're 80 years old, do you know that you would have committed 76,650 sins? <laughs> Last time I shared that, by the way, there was a kid in the audience and they, they wrote us a note letting us know. They said, hey, my birthday's coming up. I'm going to be 10 years old. I need to start paying attention to my sins. <laughs> Listen, according to the Bible, we all have sinned. We're all sinners. We, we, we have all fallen short. We are all sinners. But here's the good news. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, the Bible says this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom, Paul says, I am chief. And so even the apostle Paul considered himself a sinner, not just a sinner, but the chief of sinners. So if he's the chief of sinners, what does that make me? What does that make you? We've all sinned, the Bible says, but the good news is, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. There was a poll done about 10 years or so ago that, that, that found that, that 7 out of 10 Americans have no clue what John 3, 16 says. They see it held up on cards at football games that they have no idea what it is. And likewise, the same survey found that, that less than one-third of all Americans know what the phrase the gospel means. Most people don't know what the gospel means. And so what is the gospel? I mean, we, we read that word, the gospel, uh, like four different times in this morning's chapter. So what is the gospel? Well, here's the gospel. The gospel is, is that you have sinned. I have sinned. We've all sinned and fallen short of the, uh, the glory of God. But here's the good news. 1 Timothy 1.15, Christ Jesus came to save sinners. That's the gospel. And so if it's true that, that, that you cannot work your way into heaven, if it's true that, that no matter how, that, 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 that your, your good deeds will, will never outnumber your bad deeds, and even if your good deeds do outnumber your bad, de- bad deeds, it doesn't matter anyway, and if it's true that, that there's nothing you can do to earn your way into heaven, there's nothing you can do to deserve being saved, then, then, then how do you get saved? How do you get to heaven? How do you become a Christian? Here's the answer. The answer is in John chapter 1, verse 12. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Now in John chapter 1, verse 12, we see a formula. The formula is this. Believe plus receive equals become. That is, when when you believe in Jesus and, and you receive him into your life, that's when you become a child of God. And listen to this, heaven is exclusively reserved only for the children of God. So how do you become a child of God? Well, by believing in Jesus and receiving him into your life. And when you believe and receive, you become a child of God. You become a Christian. That's how you get saved. That's how you get into heaven. And so again, yeah, 
God does his part and you do your part. Your part was the sinning. His part was the saving. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And that's the main takeaway of the book of Galatians. That, 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 that you are saved by grace alone. There's no point system. You cannot earn your way into it. It's only by his grace. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Calvary Brighton podcast. 